Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palmer alongside Tanner Lipson and uh, head coach Tony Ersland. Thanks for joining us. i uh, got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to get right to it. Uh, coach, the, the NCAA, well, I, I guess they figured why make one announcement when you can make like 19 announcements. They, they dropped some really big news on the, on the, on the sporting world last week. Um, and, and probably the biggest news as it relates to, to you guys and a lot of programs around the country is, is the uh, extending uh, eligibility uh, for winter sport student athletes. Uh, what, you know, first of all, before we get into, you know, the ramifications for your program, just give us a, a sort of a, a brief overview of, of what that generally means. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've, they've got us scrambling pretty good. To, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see what it really means as we work through it. Uh, uh, you know, at first glance, you know, there's there's the issues of money and bringing guys back, right? I mean, clearly in the middle of a, a, a pandemic when um, revenue is already tight and, and we are on the, the eve of playing football here in the Big Ten, so that's exciting and great. Um, however, you know, uh, times are, are tough. So while on one hand you're, you're really happy and excited for these kids, they get the year back, uh, it's the absolutely right thing to do. It is, you know, to possibly have some of these kids maybe miss two years because we're still in the middle of this, you know, uh, you know, COVID crisis, I guess. Um, it's the right thing to do, but there are always trickle-down ramifications. And so on one hand, while you're excited, now you're left to, to figure out how can we manage this in, in our current environment. And that's really what we're piecing through right now. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some leeway, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, money or, or you know, uh, who you bring back and rosters and those things. But, man, it's, it's got us really reexamining, um, you know, everything from recruiting to, to roster size to, you know, um, what your needs are going to be four and five years from now, right. um, which is a heck of a projection. Yeah, I think it's a, another interesting point is going to be that, like, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all model for this. This is going to affect everybody differently. You know, one program is going to have two or three seniors. One program is going to have seven seniors. Right. Like, you don't – you know what I mean? Like, everybody's everybody's situation is going to be very, very different. You know, you're going to have kids that uh, want to come back. You're going to have kids that are ready to move on and, and start their life. And, you know, they, they've got – you know, graduate school already set up or they've already got a job, you know, they've already accepted a job offer or they, you know what I mean? Like there's all these other real life things that are, that are going to be present and, and possible for these kids. And so it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be interesting how different it is for everybody. Yeah. And uh, you know, you kind of mentioned, you said something there, you know, um, you know, working on a second degree, you know, some kids may be ready to go into the workforce and that's, and that's fine. But I think we're going to see a lot of kids picking up that second degree, yeah. which is awesome. But now again, how do you finance that, you know, within each school and your rosters, what does that look like? And honestly, it's, it's in the very early stages of that for us. I mean, you, you make some decisions, but but really, uh, you know, I'm just I'm hesitant to want to just you know make harsh decisions now in terms of what your needs really are or where kids are at because you know how do you really know you know, maybe you've got these these young kids that are sophomores on your roster where are they going to be at in three years you know what I mean you know from from injury to just other other life things that mm -hmm. that come up and present themselves so yeah you know you're going to have to be a little bit of a soothsayer maybe and and projecting um, but 
but it, it's absolutely the right thing. I think it's, it's a great uh, problem to have. And, and I look forward to kind of tackling that challenge and, and really, you know, look, looking at creative ways to bring those guys back um, so that we can, you know, get to be where we want to be in terms of, you know, competing for national championships and team trophies and things like that. I think that's really interesting. You know, the, the initial response is, okay, well, seniors get another year. You know, it, potentially you don't lose your year if if something goes haywire in the spring and, you know, the season, the, the, the end of the season is affected again like it, like it was last year. They don't lose their senior season. But it affects everybody on the roster, right? It's every man from, you know, from all four or five years currently on the roster representing true freshmen to, to all the way up to fifth-year seniors currently. Like, like you said, the initial reaction for a layperson like me is, well, that's great for seniors, but, but man, the jigsaw puzzle gets a lot harder when you're talking about, you know, it affecting all 30 plus guys in the room. Yeah. I mean, just think, um, you know, you had guys who got their years back last year. We have one of them, you know, uh, Emil Sundland, you know, had the hamstring issue. He was already given a year back and now he's going to get another one. Yeah. You know? And so you look at these young men and, okay. Dr. Sundland. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, he, he, you know, he could look like me by the time he's out of here with the gray hair. I, I don't know. Um, so, you know, we laugh, but, but those are real, you know, real things. And those are discussions that will, will have to be had. I've told our team that, you know, I'm going to sit down and really take a hard look at things. And then we'll, we'll start talking to you guys, you know, about maybe where they're at. Obviously you need to deal with your seniors first, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we need to look at our seniors and see what we can do. And, and, and find out kind of even where they're at, you know. And, and I would say, you know, we, we're going to have some guys who definitely want to come back. And we've got a few guys that maybe they're ready to move on because they'll have other degrees and they need to get into the workforce. But uh, it'll be, a, you know, it won't be a one-size-fits-all, as Tanner said. It, every school will have different um, needs or different ways of tackling this problem, you know. And so it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see which way it goes. You know, and I've seen there, there's been some – there was some chatter initially about, like, you know, well, you're giving this year back. Why didn't you give your last year back? You know, there were a lot of people that were upset, you know, mainly the seniors from last year. And yeah. I understand their, 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 their plight and their situation. It affected our group as much as anybody in the country. Absolutely. You know, you feel, you feel horrible for the likes of, of, right. of Dylan Lighty and Christian Bruner and, you know, Nate Limix and the fact that, you know, their, their stuff got cut short and so on and so forth. But um, the reality is, is, you know, in giving this year back to these kids and, you know, we're in the very early stages of planning this and we have no idea what's coming with COVID and, and all the other, you know, things down the pipe, uh, you know, politically, you know, legally, so on and so forth. But um, this season is going to be very, very, very different. Well, and um, I think that's why they, they made the decision to give them the year back because, you know, if they look at last year and honestly, yeah, our heart breaks, you know, Dylan Lighty, I'm, I'm sure, you know, when Dylan and Christian, you know, they saw the news, you know, that's, that's going to make your heart sink, right? Like, you know, you missed it by a year on, on you know, being able to do some things. But I, I think the overriding decision for the group of people who made this decision was, you know, what's your experience going to be like this year? And we're already pushed to January 1, which means that your regular season is probably only going to be eight weeks. It's going to be a limited number of day, you know, dates of competition. And so you've already altered what that, that, that season is. And, then, and that's probably where they felt like, okay, last year we got to wrestle 95% of our season. Yes, we did miss, you know, what, what for us is the biggest part of competing. So that's where your heart breaks 
for the seniors, but they did have, you know, 95% of the season. And this group this year is not going to even get that. You know what I mean? They won't get, you know, yes, they could get the, the, the crack at the national title. Like I said, that's our biggest, you know, carrot there for us. But you're still not going to get as much of a season as what those guys had last year. And I think that was obviously the overriding uh, point in that decision. And we still don't even know what that we, you know, they're going to get 50% of the season and we still don't even know what that's going to look like. You right. know, we don't know about fans. We don't know about right. testing. We don't know. We have no clue what that's going to look like. Right. And no doubt. And that impacts student athlete, you know, ex experience. And that's, that's a big part of what we do. You know, we've talked about, obviously there's big money aspects to this, but what that student athlete experience is, is very important to us. And I think NCAA sports and so you want to make sure you can still provide those guys the opportunity to have an experience. I talked to two guys separately yesterday, and uh, they both – it was funny. They both kind of said the same thing. They are trying not to stress out about the things that they can't control. But it's driving them crazy because everything is, you know, they don't know – That's everything right next. <laughs> They don't know one day the next what it's going to look like. Yep. And so, you know, these are kids that are trying to go to class. They're trying to manage their weight. They're trying to get better. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to do all these things that, you know, they're 18 to 22 year old kids um, and they don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. And so like, I feel, I really feel for them, but it, you know, it was, it's good to hear that they're trying that you know, they've got a head on their shoulders about the fact that they're, they're trying not to worry about those things, but man, I feel for them. Cause this is, I, I know what it's like for me. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to win a national title. <laughs> right. Well, but it's, it's like you just said, it's the same for you. It's the same for Corey. It's the same for me. It's the same for, for Joe Smith down the street right now. Right. Uh, and so the, it's a, it's a great life lesson for kids. Maybe it really frames, you know, what we're talking about. And we've talked about this at length here, right. But staying in the moment, trust the, you know, the process, control what you can control, right. All of these, you know, coaching, you know, sayings, right. It really is. It, it kind of really, it, you know, has a, a, a different main meaning, hopefully, for these kids now, because truly all you can do is wake up today and, and take care of today. Stay in the moment. You know, if you're talking to your best friend, man, be engaged there. Be in that moment. You know, if you're going to study, go be engaged with studying. Like getting ahead of yourself serves no purpose, uh, you know, in these times. You know, all we can do is just take care of our business now, do the best we can. So when these these big moments do come, we're ready and you can embrace it and feel confident about it because you know, we did the work ahead of time. So I hope that's the way these guys are kind of, you know, finding some, some peace, like, Hey, nothing's promised. Tomorrow's never promised for, not for you, not for me, not for the guy down the street. And so we really just need to take care of now. Before we move on from this topic, you mentioned a little bit ago, um, you know, it, how this ruling affects recruiting. I don't want you to give away the store, you know, but, but just like y'all have said, it's, it's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all type of a, a, a scenario for everybody, but how's it going to affect or how do you think it's going to affect your approach with, with recruiting? Has it changed anything? Well, it, it just it, it has made you go back to your whiteboard. You know what I mean? And you look at that that board, that recruiting board that you have, and really have discussions about: Do we really need guys at this this way if we're projecting another year? Okay. And so it it just has forced you to really go back and evaluate again and look at: uh, do, do you need this weight? 
at, at this time? Can you delay it a year? And so, you know, I think going back to the different teams, some teams are heavily senior laden. You know, you look at Iowa, you know, they've got what five guys there, I think just off the top of my head. And so they're in a little different position maybe than, than, you know, us or somebody else who has fewer seniors. So, you know, bringing that next class in next year is not a, not a big deal. You're, you know, you can honor those commitments and you can take care of everybody. And so then and now it's looking at the, the 2022s and the 2023s and really understanding, you know, how that fits into it and, you know, getting creative, right? I mean, kids could take a, you know, a, a gray shirt, you know I mean? Kids could go train at the, the OTC, the Olympic training center, right? Finding creative solutions, you know, to maybe where you give those kids another year and then bring them in because you like them, right? Like everybody we're recruiting, we love, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and you want you want them to have them at Purdue. So just knowing that if, if we have another guy who's got another year at that weight, okay, maybe, Hey, do you want to go to the Olympic training center? Is that a good option for you? Do you want to take a gray shirt year? You know, what, what does that look like? And that'll be different for each family too, you know, and, and each kid. I think some people going out uh, to the training center, for instance, just as one example is a good thing, but for some guys, it's not, it's not good. It'll set them back. And so just knowing what's, what's the right fit for each kid and that family, I think is, is going to be important. Um, you know, the money for next year, just to kind of give a little bit of insight too, is you can go over your scholarship limits for next year, but again, right, uh, obviously the economics of it with each school where they're at, they may say, hey, we, we, we don't have money. You've got to figure it out. Now, if you have it, okay, great. You put those guys on it, or maybe, you know, a senior has to come back for a little less, uh, or can you go find, you know, um, you know, a pot of money from somewhere else? You know what I mean? Because gonna, there's going to be some flexibility uh, because of the short, you know, the short notice, I guess, uh, nature of this. But okay, that's good. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I didn't realize that. That'll be interesting to see who's willing to go over and and how they how they manage it. You know, it'll be and, and again, like there, it's not like it's a it's a big public share of information. You know, we're gonna <laughs> there's gonna be more questions than there will be answers nationally about how this works out. But it yep. will be. Um, it will be very interesting to see how it, how it works out for different schools. Yeah. And, you know, and in the future, uh, we may need to have Jacqueline, uh, you know, from compliance, back on here, yeah. Yeah, for have sure. her back on to explain the ins and outs. Cause I don't think I spoke out of turn on anything there, but as always, there are, you know, rules that will have to be adhered to as you're navigating it. Um, so, but, but generally this is what I've heard, how we can do it or how a person could, could do it. So you're not going to be held to the number for that next year. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't anticipate, you know, you know, schools just being saying here, here's, you know, three more scholarships, take care of these guys, right? That's just not the the environment we're living in. You know, (laughs) to me that that'd be, you know, that's not responsible to, to where you're at too. So now it's going to be other creative ways to, to, to tackle this and, and help these kids. Well, and if the NCAA makes that exception, if they've made it's not in, in perpetuity either. It's a it's right. a one off type thing. So you got to bring it, you got to rein it back in quickly, you know. No doubt, and that, and that's where I think communication with your kids, managing expectations, you know, being able to get them timely information. I told our guys, and I, I probably said this five minutes ago, but um, better to over communicate, right? Uh, I, I told him, hey, we're going to have these conversations with you guys. Just don't come to me tomorrow and say, hey, what are we going to do? 
because I, I need to really make sure that I look at where we're at and recruiting and the guys coming in and money and, and, and the, everybody's situation will be a little different. And then we can talk intelligently about the plan moving forward. So it is, it's to me, it's about communicating and managing expectations. So everybody knows what this will be. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Corey, we want to move on to a, uh, a topic that is going to be, uh, Near and dear to Erzlin's heart. This is a, Ab- this is a good one. Absolutely. Great announcement uh, the last couple of days that that your old mentor uh, is getting the nation's highest civilian honor. Dan Gable going to be uh, presented with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, that, was, that was just recently announced. Uh, just an awesome honor, uh, completely deserved from, from the, the original giant, in this sport, probably still the biggest single biggest figure in, in collegiate wrestling. I don't think it's, that's too controversial to take. Um, but uh, just when you heard that coach, what, uh, what's the first thing that went through your mind? No, I was just really excited for him. I mean, that is a, that is a huge honor. It, it transcends and crosses over sports, right. And, and just, you know, into all areas of life. So to have a wrestler, uh, particularly, you know, a coach, you know, that I had learned so much from, right? A guy that I really respected uh, for everything he's done and everything he's earned in his life and the impact he's had on people. I thought that was, I thought that was tremendous. And, um, you know, for a wrestler to be honored that way, I think is huge. And that's just taking politics out of it. I know, you know, we're, we're living in a time where, you know, in an election year where everything's very political, but I just look at it as a point of, you know, um, this is great for wrestling and somebody who has brought our sport to, you know, cross different boundaries uh, to be honored in that way is, is, is tremendous. So very happy for him and just really happy too for our sport, you know, to, to, to have some of that recognition uh, in the limelight, because we do, we have tremendous leaders in our sport, tremendous coaches, tremendous people, and, and to see them recognized in such a way uh, feels really good. It's pretty incredible when you look at the list of, of I mean, obviously people in general, but even, even just when you look at just the athletes, uh, names like Mariano Rivera, Jerry West, Bob Cousy, uh, Tiger Woods, Roger Staubach, Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, it, it, you, you know, you can keep going. It's pretty, I mean, Willie Mays, like there are some uh, very historical sports figures on this list. And uh, to add Coach Gable's name to that, to that line is, is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, no doubt that, you know, it's funny when you read that list, cause I hadn't looked, you know, to, to see all of the winners, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? You're talking about uh, mainstream society superstars. And even though I've known, you know, you know, the impact he's had and what he's been within our community, uh, like I said, hopefully this will shed light, you know, to what wrestling is, you know, and will pull even more casual fans or, just more casual sports fans into uh, what, what we're doing. You know, I think anytime you do that, that's positive. And that, and that's been coach Gable's, you know, mission since he, you know, he retired, he, he wants to continue to help grow wrestling, you know, grow its base. And we've, we've seen obviously in recent weeks, you know, that's, that's a tough thing right now. You know, we've had a couple, couple of uh, teams dropped. And so, this is where, you know, having this impact and bringing some of these things to light with Olympic sports and specifically wrestling is a big deal. What's your, uh, do you have a go-to story? I imagine people, people find out, you know, people know your history and uh, where, you know, 
where you're from, where you, where you matriculated through. Do you have a go-to Dan Gable story? Well, I mean, there's a lot. That you can tell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, well, my favorite thing just about him, and it was different ways he would, he would do it, is, um, you know, mentally the way he worked guys and individually. Uh, so just to, like, insight, and this is some things that I've learned from him, too, and I got a, another story as well, but, um, you know, you know, he would, he would be, he would call whoever he had to call within your circle to find out how to kind of, how to handle you, right? What made you tick? What bus, buttons to push? And so he would go that extra mile. It wasn't just, you know, you showing up in the wrestling room and he's, you know, he's, he's coaching the team. You know, if you were struggling with something, he's, he's going to mom, he's going to dad, he might go to your old coach, he might go to your girlfriend and really find out what's going on, what makes you tick, and, and find the, the different buttons to push that really kind of got you motivated and inspired you. And it wasn't always fun, right? I mean, there was some really hard lessons to learn there, right? He would challenge you in some really, some really tough ways. Um, but, you know, he, he's doing that because he wants you to reach your goals. He's trying to get you to, to push yourself, get out of that comfort zone, and get to be where you, you want to be. So, um, I always found that fascinating. He, he always went that extra mile with the athletes to find out what made them, uh, you know, what, what you know, made them tick. But it was sometimes the, the little different things that, um, that was off the wall that I found really intriguing. Uh, meaning like there's one morning we'd show up and we'd run in Carver all the time. Uh, you know, whether it was sprints up top or running stairs, snake in the stairs. And, you know, we got done running and we went down one day and he made us just turn circles on the basketball court. So he'd just say, hey, turn circles. And then he'd say, stop. And he'd say, what direction are you facing? You know what I mean? And you'd have to tell him, well, I'm facing east or I'm facing south, you know, southwest or whatever. And just to get you thinking, you know what I mean? These, you know, I'm still thinking, I'm still dialed in. What, what you, you know, you just worked your tail off, right? Like you just ran quarter mile sprints, you know, maybe 16 of them and you're exhausted. And you're turning circles and, and you're just like, which way, stop, which way are you facing? And you'd have to tell them, you know what I mean? Um, or one day you'd be in practice and all of a sudden, all right, we're done. Stop. Everybody in the, in the song back then, this was legal. No, now it's, it's not legal. <laughs> so I disclaimer, stop everybody in the sauna. You know what I mean? You know, no explanation, just everybody in the sauna. And then the next day you show up and Hey, we're going upstairs to a classroom. And then there's a, piece of paper and a pencil and write down for me why you think I stopped practice yesterday. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes you got the, uh, the explanation and sometimes you didn't, but it was always the, the mental exercise, you know what I mean? Of what am I supposed to be pulling out of this? Why are we, you know, what's going on? You know what I mean? I, he got me to think about things uh, in different ways than I had before. You know what I mean? And so I always really appreciated that. And, and it's something that you still think about when you're coaching because not everybody's the same. Um, you want to treat everybody fair. You know what I mean? You want to treat everybody fair, but you're not going to treat everybody the same. They're not the same people. They're individuals. And so, so those are the, you know, just funny, just, you know, odds, odd things maybe that I, that you, that happened. And in the moment you didn't quite understand. And as you have some time, you look back, you think about the effect it had on how you looked at things or what you were doing and you know, it was good. So I, I really appreciated that. You know, I appreciate it more as time goes on even. There's a lot of that in college athletics where you're going, you go through something with your coach at a young age and it doesn't, it, the, the bell doesn't ring for you until a lot later in life. Yeah. True. Right. There's a lot of that. There's, there's so much, 
you know, like, like we've been talking the forever. There's so much in these kids' lives that they're dealing with, you know, on their day to day. You can't really fault them for only seeing the six issues in front of their nose, you know, most of the time. But uh, when they get that epiphany that, okay, there's this whole bigger picture that I need to take in, you know, that's, that's when something really just, just clicks for a lot of these kids. And we've seen it, you know, sometimes it happens your second or third year here. And if, if you're that fortunate, you know, that's, that's awesome. But sometimes it doesn't happen until five years out of the program. And, and, and that's, those, those are guys that, you know, a lot of times we'll look back and say, man, I wish I'd have seen the bigger picture. I wish I understood that it's, it's completely true. It's those are some, those are some neat exercises. I love people, the older I get, I love people that make me think of something differently. You know, okay, wow, I've never heard, I've heard what you just said a hundred times. I've never heard it put quite like that. And, yep. and so that, that, that's neat that, that Coach Gable was like that. You know, everybody knows about his legendary workouts and, and what it's like in the room. It's, it's that other stuff that, that I think a lot of folks don't know about. Yeah, it's uh, to find those different ways to mentally get kids to kind of latch on to what you're saying or doing or to buy in is key. And, and when you think about all of the I don't know if egos is a good thing that kind of gets a, a negative rap right when you say egos but we had so many people on those those Hawkeye teams that were really accomplished right mm -hmm. I mean you had pe multiple time national champs and then guys who were winning world championships and even Olympic gold medals around the program um, so when I say manage egos I don't mean that in a negative way but I mean so many guys who have accomplished so much and you had one figurehead who could still manage all of that and keep people hooked on to what's going on and stay focused on what's really important, uh, I think is really impressive. Um, we've talked a number of times, every year is different just because people come back in a different place mentally. Like you may be, you know, going into the previous year, you know, you had an All-American Jet or won a national title and you had an outstanding season and you'd won a lot. And then the next year you come in with all of these honors, okay? Maybe you're the defending national champ. Well, how do you keep that same mentality? You know, how do you now stop you know, a young man from trying to protect something, you know, the next national title, you know, you see a lot of guys try to protect it and, and not, maybe they're not taking the same risk or the same aggressiveness. They're trying to manage it and not give something up or lose, you know, maybe because they feel like, well, I'm the national champ, but I, I, I shouldn't lose. I can't lose. And so to put a kid in that same place where now it's still about being better and, and pursuing the next thing, letting the, the last year go and, and pursue the next thing, uh, is key and that's that's a huge part of coaching and you can see some guys and I thought he was maybe the best at it obviously when you win nine straight national champion you know chips then nine in a row or, is that you know, good like, yeah I, I think that's good I think, that's mean? good. I think so um, you know that's you know to reinvent yourself over and over uh, again is is key and and even you know he, he would even still say because I've heard interviews where I think when they were going for the 10th, I think the, the, the phrase was going for the mark in College Park. It was College Park, Maryland, and the mark was 10. And, and maybe even it got away from that team. You know, they got away from yeah. some things, um, you know, that had led to their previous nine. And I've heard him talk about that before. And so now, okay, you, you won nine, but now you got to kind of really go back, you know, tear it down, look through it, and then rebuild it again in, in a different way. That's, that's hard. That's hard. So uh, a lot of respect for, for, you know, uh, for him and how he, he was able to do that. Well, and, and you were, you were a part of, you know, 
the final season. I know we've talked before about the pressure going in because everyone knew that that was, that was the year. There's a lot of pressure on you guys. There was a documentary crew, you know, that kind of omnipresent and, and you had to perform. Everyone knew you had to perform to, to not let the, the wrestling world down much less, you know, yourselves and, and everything that goes into that. So just, you know, to, to, to reinvent, I love that, that term and that concept in college athletics uh, because, you know, people think of programs, they don't think of each season as being its own entity. You know, the, yep. the team that you have right now will never be your team again. Next year is going to be completely different. So it, it's cool to be able to, to live through that and then apply those lessons. Yeah, the only no doubt. is change. Yep. The only constant is change. So um, congrats again to Coach Gable. That's a phenomenal honor and um, very, very nice. Corey said very, very deserving. And, uh, you know, best wishes from, from Purdue Wrestling. And, uh, and uh, we're excited for him on that. Um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Tony, and, and I hate to go from a really happy story to a somber note. But uh, we, saw another, we saw another program drop this last week as uh, Fresno State announced that they were cutting their program. Um, you know, the second one on the West Coast. Uh, never, you know, it, it, the hard part for me was, is, you know, they just brought the program back. You know, yep. they, they were in, what, their third year? Yeah, I think going into their third, right, wasn't 2018? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 2018 was their, their first back, year back from that Maybe. reinstatement. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's just tough. You know, you, you take an alumni base and you you, you – bring the program back and you get them excited and, and then, and then you, you pull the rug out. And, uh, it's just, a, it's just unfortunate to see, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, it, it leaves you very confused and frustrated. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, uh, Jason Borelli well, you know, my first job out of college at central Michigan was working for his father, Tom. And I, and I grew up, you know, as a coach, maybe those first couple of years and Jason was in high school. So I knew Jason really well. He's a good man, you know, wants to do things the right way, does do things the right way, have some really good outstanding kids in that program. And they were, you know, they were going to do some things, you know, as well. And, and it's, listen, it's not over yet. I'm not, I'm not waving the white flag and I'm not taking the sure. knee. No, Stanford uh, you know, is actually, they, they've made some real progress. So I, I, right. I have, I have high hopes for Stanford. Right. And Troy Steiner, you know, a teammate uh, of mine there for a few years yeah. at Iowa and um, him and his brother, Terry, you know, outstanding people, right. That men who do things the right way. And so that's where, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when a program's dropped, you think, you know, okay, was it, you know, was there, you know, different issues within the program and it doesn't appear like here that was the case. And it's, you know, it's just down to the finances of what's going on, but you know, I don't think that's something that, that can't be overcome. I think we got to look, um, you know, at other solutions, creative solutions of that should always be the absolute last resort. And I don't get the feeling that's the case. You know what I mean? You know, based on, you know, how these guys were notified and how it was, you know, relayed to the team and, and different things like that. So, you know, I'm just hoping we can all be better and respect what these kids are doing. You know, we've talked about that a lot you know, we, we've had our guys on the show, right? I mean, you've heard from Dishrode, Bruner, Lighty, you know, um, you know, Nate, you know, all of these tremendous things, Jared Florell, like tremendous student athletes and what they're going to go on and do in their life. 
is a huge impact. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's confusing for me, very frustrating, confusing because good men who have done the right things, you know, and, and, and dropped just like that. And so, uh, you know, I'm hoping other programs will take pause and really examine where, where we can do this, you know, how can we still respect what these kids are doing and, and not make this uh, a step. And, and I think it's interesting when you look, didn't William and Mary just had some sports reinstated. They had cut uh, several sports and I'm not as that situation. With that. that situation's crazy at William and Mary. You had a yeah. president step down and a new president come yes. in and they reopened the books. And yeah, that, yes. that situation's nuts. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, I just want to make sure that this is absolutely the last step before you sever ties because you don't want to cut a program and then be where William and Mary is at, right? Like you said, that's, it's a mess. You know, people are stepping down and parting ways with the colleges. And, and I just feel like if we took a pause and examined things and maybe tried to really ride out, um, you know, the pandemic and see mm -hmm. where we're at, weather the storm, and then let's make some really you know, uh, you know, educated decisions after that. I feel like we're making decisions in the middle of the whirlwind. And, and, and to me, that's never the right, the right situation. So let's, let's take a breath, take a pause and, and, and really find creative solutions here if we can. The hard part for me about Fresno was there, there were a couple things, you know, I, you know, I grew up a couple hours North of Fresno out in California and um, it is a wrestling hungry part of the state, you know, the West Coast. They've got some of the most successful high school programs in the state right in that area. Um, you know, Coach Steiner done a great job with his attendance. They were top 10 in the nation every year. Um, you know, it's not a lack of demand. You know, they, no. they love wrestling there. And so it's, you know, you, you bring up some, some, some good points and some good ideas as far as the fact of like, you know, how did we get to this decision? Like, let's pump the brakes. Let's really look at this and try to figure it out before we, you know, get the, get the ax out and start swinging it. Yep. Well, and because you brought up Stanford, I mean, it's not a final decision, but those people, they've really rallied and, <laughs> and, and you're right. And we're talking about Fresno, a, a, an area that has tradition in that program. And they had had an all American, you know what I mean? In the last couple of years, uh, Hokit. Yeah, Josh who's, Hokett. Who's now in the NFL, right? He yep. was a, a dual threat, you know, football player, wrestler. And so they've had some really good things go on, and you know that's a hotbed for wrestling there. So if you give that community a chance, if you say – if you lay out and say, hey, here's where we're at, coach, you know what I mean? What can we do, you know, to, to uh, make it through this? I have no doubt that the wrestling community uh, would, would rally is, is hard, you know, we're, we're, we're a hard group and working, you know, group of people. So that's where I'm just, I'm disappointed in, in like how these guys have been noti notified and the lack of opportunity to respond or truly respond and help um, within the situation. So. Yeah. It's, I, think, uh, I think you make a great point about, you know, trying to, trying to be calm amidst the storm. It's such a lesson in leadership that, you know, it applies here, but it applies everywhere right now you know hit the pause button take all the information in make an informed decision rather than saying okay i need to decide right now you know that that's there's so much to take from that well and you've seen yeah. these other schools that have like brought in outside consultants too 
And, and I, I, you know, that's a, that's a tough move for me in the fact that you're going to bring in people who don't necessarily know, you know, they, they come in with, with, uh, you know, assumed opinions and so on and so forth. And they don't always take the time to dig in and, and, and look and yep. find out, you know, find out what's actually going on. Um, and you know, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's easy to just like, Oh, here's the numbers. Here's the deal. Let's yep. cut it and go. Well, and I think there needs to be, I mean, what we're seeing right now, and let's use, you know, tie all this together. If you, for those who follow Tom Ryan, you know, he's been really talking a lot on Twitter lately about monetizing the sport in different ways. And we've also seen clearly last night, Penn state had another, um, you know, stream had another wrestling card on Rockfin. I think there's ways to, to monetize this and create earning, you know what I mean? Potential mm -hmm. with some of those things, you know, and I think we, we need to be creative in that way now. Okay. We, we as a sport need to really take a look at outside the box things that you can do um, to create some more earning potential for this sport. That's going to help ADs and, and just kind of these people who don't understand the sport. Right. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not talking about, you know, I don't think we're ever going to be football, but man, you see the popularity of, of what's going on with these cards or even UFC where there's that, that transition with wrestlers, right? You got the UNC Gage G. Is it Gage G? Am I, I don't know that? how you pronounce his last name, yeah. but yeah, I, you wrestled but, you know, in Colorado, right? Right, right. Jordan Burroughs had wrestled him, 157 yeah. pounder. And so there's some things there, I think, some unique things that we can do to to help, you know, bridge the gap within the sport. And that's something all teams could do. You know, you could create some very interesting cards and create some earning potential and divide up the revenue and, and go some different directions. And I think we need to kind of look at what's going on and say, hey, there may be an opportunity here. You know, our fan base, people are loyal. And wrestling mm -hmm. fans, they love it. They can't yep. get enough of it. I mean, you look at – you know, uh, Super 32 and the entries they're still going to have, you know what I mean? And some of these USA wrestling, they're, they're flocking to them still. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're hardcore uh, about the sport and their love for it. So I, I really think it's an opportunity now to, to look outside the box and find creative ways to monetize this and, and maybe ease the burden uh, as well. That's one thing I love about uh, last spring when the Big Ten Network made a, a really big deal, and they should have, about, you know, how well wrestling did on TV. There was a lot of surprise. You know, wow, I can't believe wrestling pulled in these kinds of numbers. And for folks like us, the, the retort was, well, that's because you don't understand wrestling. Like, yeah. the wrestling fan base, we're going to watch a great match. It doesn't necessarily have to include our team. You know, if, if, if Ohio State's wrestling Penn State or – I was wrestling Minnesota. We're going to watch it if we can, because it's going to be fantastic. And that's what we care about. You know, if Minnesota's playing Nebraska in football or basketball, that may not necessarily be the case. So it's, it's, it's a very loyal, like you said, fan base. And, and uh, to get people to understand that is, is really key. No doubt. Um, I, in some ways, right. You're, you're very concerned because of COVID and, and where that has put us, yeah, right? It, it, it does. There's just genuine concern amongst furloughs and layoffs and different things like that. Um, at the same time, if you pay attention within our sport, I guess, what's going on, people want to see these cards. They want to see these matches. And so there is an opportunity, uh, I think, for us as a sport, if we're willing to, to, to take some risks and to try some new things, 
we can't be stuck just in the past. We've, we've got to kind of stretch ourselves and, and uh, I'm hoping that we'll see some more of that in the future. I know I'd like to be proactive in that and finding different ways to, to do some of these matchups. Absolutely. Um, news came out today, coach, move, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving along here. News came out. Was it today or last night that USA will not be sending a team to senior worlds in Serbia in December? Um, obviously an unfortunate thing, but, um, you know, as we, as we keep alluding to, there's a lot of moving pieces and parts in the world. And, and, uh, that's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's disappointing. Um, you'd love to see the United States send, send a team just from, you know, a competition standpoint, obviously you, you've got to respect. And I, I, I glossed over the article. I didn't get a chance to really pick through it or maybe digest it as much as I should yet. Um, but I, you know, obviously it's health concerns. And I think there's some athletes who, who maybe would be hesitant about going. I'm sure you have some who are like all gung ho, let's go, but you've got to respect, you know, people who, you know, say, Hey, you know, with this, the turmoil, what's going on in the world, you know, uh, I, I'm not really, you know, eager to go. You got to respect that. And so I certainly understand where the decision's coming from. But at the same time, it is interesting within the States, right, that you see wrestling everywhere. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of look forward to kind of going through that some more and, and really hearing about, you know, what, what, uh, what the reasoning is behind the decision. And, you know, I think just from my own personal interest, I'd like to know their thoughts on why they felt so strongly about not sending a team. It's an interesting development too, in light of, you know, it's, it's an Olympic year um, to, to not wrestle in such a high level, you know, competition leading up to 2021 in Tokyo. Uh, and then all the ramifications for, okay, if, if there are issues, you know, worldwide health concerns in December, are those going to be fixed by in, in time to be able to pull off Tokyo? So, you know, I think they, they moved the games by a year, uh, hoping that, that things would, would pass enough. And, and I guess that's still the hope, but uh, with every day that goes by, you know, it's it, one more thing seems to happen that, that makes people start your, or continue to question. So, so, I hate seeing that development. Like you said, you know, you, you have to respect the decision. I'm sure it was not an easy one for, for USA wrestling to make. No, I, I'm sure coach Zadik, you know, Rich Bender, everybody at USA wrestling would, would love to have a, have a group there. No doubt in my mind. Um, but if you're going to err in a direction, I guess, erring in caution, right? Like I said, you have to kind of respect uh, airing that decision in, in caution for now. Um, but I, I would love to just to kind of know, what all went into the decision, you know what I mean? Like, you know, looking at every aspect of it and, and how they arrived where they're at. And, and as I said, I haven't had a chance to, to really dive into the article, maybe the way I should have or, or talk to anybody, but you know, it's, 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 it's a tough deal. Yeah, yeah. there is. Um, getting on to some more uh, exciting things for the Boilermakers. Um, started our full, uh, started our full practice schedule. We went to 20 hour weeks here. Uh, we are in what week two, week three? Uh, well, I guess October ten is when we started, so week week two here, right? Yep. Kind of. Yep. I, I wasn't a math major, so I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to pull that one off quick in my head. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's nice to get to see the guys a little bit more regularly. 
get them all in there uh, together. How is uh, how are things been going? It's going good. Boys are sore. You know, beat up. We had um, some really good training last week, and we were finally able to to really get after it. You know, what I mean, you know, and so I, I was happy with it. You know, the consistency still isn't where I would like it, but you see some really good things. Uh, out of these guys, you know, they're talented, they're motivated. It's about getting them to kind of repeat things now. You know, you're, like I said, you're seeing some things, but you got to see it, you know, every time you got to know that you can kind of execute that under all conditions, you know, different looks from different partners when you're feeling good late, when you're, when you're hurting, you know, being able to go get one and score. So it's still a work in progress, but I'm excited knowing what they're capable of. Now it's getting these guys to be able to repeat it, you know, consistently. Uh, we've talked about this kind of offline, but I think it's important to take note of, like, with the adjustment to our season, it's interesting to look at the different approach to the way we're kind of starting things off and the way we're moving along. Because, you know, if you, like, slide the calendar and you look at how this would compare to a normal year, we're still kind of, like, at the end of summer right now. Mm-hmm. And so how are you – altering the train at this point um in order to keep like that slow build and that burn towards competition yep Uh, i mean even though we're allowed to go uh six days a week now right you're they call it your six day week uh 20 hours Uh, we're still not quite there yet you know we've got uh one day that is strictly just lifting and you know strength and conditioning only and we've got another off day so they're on the mats you know really four or five days a week, you know what I mean? With two days still, which is one less, you know, than, than what we would really be when we're on the eve of the season. Right. Um, we are, we do have our, most of our certifications done though. That's been nice meeting, you know, the weight class stuff. Uh, we only have a handful of those guys left. So uh, I like that, but you know, what you don't want is these guys get that false sense of oh, the season's so far away. So they're not on there. You know, their diet, make, bringing that descent with their weight down. Mm-hmm. Because with a, a reduced season in terms of week, number of weeks, you can't, you're not going to have necessarily, you know, that adjustment period to get your weight under control. You know, some guys come in and you go to these open tournaments and you weigh in and you might not wrestle for three, four hours sometimes, depending on, you know, where you're at in the bracket and stuff. And so they've had chances to kind of over the first two weeks really get their weight under control. You're not going to have that in my opinion now, you know, we're going to go straight into duels. It looks like, and you know, you're going to be in a big 10 competition much sooner. So you, you've got to be bringing your weight down now, or, you know, looking at slow, that slow, steady des- uh, descent where your body has a, a chance to adjust. And then you're living, you know, closer to your weight class. So that's just doesn't have the impact on your performance. Those are things I think you really need to be working on now, you know, and perfecting, you know, because if you wait until you get close to January, I just, the season's going to come and go so fast. And I think you're going to, you're going to uh, put your, yourself in a tough spot, you know? Yeah. You know, we had a, we had a nice meeting with a uh, podcast favorite Elaine Wan street uh, earlier this week and, you know, got the guys, you know, starting to start to turn those gears on these guys and get them thinking the right way and, and putting some of the stuff you're talking about into practice. So that's uh that's exciting. Um, any uh, any special mentions from the room? Anybody looking especially good? Anybody ahead of where you hope they would be? I would, I mean, obviously, you know, don't want to don't want to put you on the spot too much. But is is there anybody that jumps to mind? 
Well, I think that, you know, the guys you would expect have, have looked pretty, pretty solid. I mean, Devin Schroeder, you know, has, has looked solid. I mean, he's still got things to do. I mean, if you're going to ask me, am I, am I happy with, with the guys? No, you know what I mean? But that's, that's not unusual this time of time of year. Right. I mean, that's not unusual. So that's not a knock on them. Um, we've got a lot of work to do and I, and I'm hoping that, that that's how they feel. You know, we've, we've got to get better and we've got to take advantage of this time to, to do that. But, you know, Devin Schroeder, really good from a leadership standpoint. Effort's been great. You know, the, the mistakes that he's made, it's not a, an effort kind of a deal. Sometimes it's a position deal, right? Um, I think, you know, Kendall Coleman has added some different attacks to his game as well, and he needed to do that. So we're, we're excited about that. That um, is exciting. That is <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And then we've got a lot of really hardworking dudes too, right? You know, I mean, you know, good luck out working, you know, guys like Panola, you know, or Max Lyons, some of those guys. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I like, I'm comfortable with where we're at, but uh, I'm not real happy. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> like I said, maybe till Saturday night, if you had 10 national champs and you, you can know. be happy, you just don't have to be satisfied. Is that how that works? You can't be happy in October. It's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, not so, a lot. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm saying, okay. like, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take the I'll take the L there. That's my yes. fault. Okay, can't, can't be happy in October. New rule. New rule. I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah, you know, and when I say that, obviously, you know, because I'm laughing. You know, you're not walking around with your 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 head down, kicking your can in the dirt. You know, you're not doing that. You're not right? Eeyore. You're not Eeyore, you know, <laughs> but you really got to, you know, now's the time to really pick apart what you're doing. And yes, you should still celebrate those good things you're doing. The sport's hard. You need to celebrate those things, uh, especially if you're a young guy. Like some of these freshmen, you come in and you're trying to make make jumps. You got to celebrate the small victories uh, that present themselves. But at the same time, boy, you've really got to just stay focused on, hey, you know, it's about the process, about how good can I be. That process should never end. You know what I mean? It should should never end. And so, yeah, you know, I think just, you know, that mature that mature outlook is is key. And we talked about that a little bit. The the young guys, you know, you're stuck with that six inches in front of your face. The world The world's kind of swimming and swirling by, but you've got to really just, okay, my job is, you know, every day to wake up and get better, you know, and that's – and I guess that's where we want to be, you know, not satisfied, uh, not unhappy. Don't get me wrong, not mm -hmm. unhappy, but, hey, I'm not satisfied. Uh, I'm motivated. Love Corey, it. you had one more thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Coach, real briefly, uh, uh, Super 32 this weekend and, and, and all that goes into, you know, that event. Just, uh, just some, some final thoughts before we know the results. I mean – it's a deep tournament. I mean, it's, it's such a deep tournament. It's a real grind over the course of a couple days uh, that uh, there's guys there, you know, you always have your seeds. Uh, and so you have the names that people recognize, but man, when I say depth, those, there's those kids in that bracket that you just haven't seen and they're, and they're tough and they're going to show up and they're going to knock some people off. That's what makes it such a grind. So I'm really looking forward to watching matches uh, we've got some guys who have committed to us that are going to be there, but we also have a lot of guys that we're recruiting and we're really high on. So just excited to watch them compete because I think they'll, they'll do really well. So we're excited for them. 
but at the same time, you're really watching. Uh, you know, the depth is is really good there. So you're hoping to pick up some guys that you didn't you didn't know as much about early on. Yeah, it's a star-studded affair. It's been fun to look at the field. Um, you know, there's a variety of publications out there that have been talking about it because it's it is a huge field this year, and it is very, very, very deep at almost every weight. Yep. So. Good luck to everybody competing down there. Uh, uh, stay healthy and, and and travel safe. Yep. I actually one last thing. It it is football game week. Oh, yes, it is. I know fans aren't allowed in the stands and, and fans are being discouraged from tailgating. Um, but you guys have plans for, uh, for game day Saturday? I'll be watching. Uh, I, I, I will be watching. Um, I, I love college football. I think I may have said this before. I, college football is, is just such a unique tradition and the loyalty and, uh, you know, to your teams. I, I love it. And so I'll be glued to the TV. Uh, watching it, it's that sense of normalcy that you want you know and so uh yeah I'll, I'll be tuned in and, and hanging on every you know every every snap of the ball I'm excited to hear the sounds out of Ross State Stadium I uh I'm very fortunate to live close enough to where you know any any that, that new jumbotron um it, it shakes the neighborhood so uh <laughs> I know that you know they had some of those movie nights with the kids in there and you could I we could we could hear it pretty clearly from the stadium so uh, really, wow. yeah. So we're I, I'm excited to hear uh, hear some of that stuff. You know, the the sounds of game day coming through the neighborhood. It's gonna be gonna be an exciting weekend. Hear our guy, our guy Carson Tucker uh, narrating your Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. No, and 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 really needed, right? I mean, at a time like this, really needed. So we wish we wish uh, obviously Purdue football the best. But more than that, we wish everybody in the Big Ten the best, right? Stay safe, you know what I mean? Um, and and let's let's get this this schedule in. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get it started. Let's get a full season in. It's to everybody's benefit. For sure. Guys, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. We've got some some fun topics we're working on for next week. So uh, uh, stay tuned. And and I know the scheduling is, is continuing to work uh, behind the scenes. You know, hopefully we've got some – some great news to share on that front soon. Yeah, we're we're getting close, so you're not you're not just you know teasing right now. There's some real movement uh, going there. on here. Yes, getting there. For Coach, for Tanner, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us again. Boiler up.